This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Sandra Wu, Paid Content Marketing Lead at Blinkist. Sandra, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thank you, Art. How are you? Doing great. So today we're going to talk about apps. And every once in a while, we all look for new apps for a specific occasion. Let's say, for example, you're going on a vacation and you're thinking about how I'm going to get tickets for public transportation that place. So you you did an app, you pull up your smartphone, you launch the App Store app, you're, look for, you're looking for apps to choose from, and you're flipping through, you're uh, thinking, uh, you're thinking uh, which one will be the right for me. And it happens for tens of thousands of people on a daily basis. So have you ever wondered what exactly makes you and all these people to choose a specific app? Have you ever wondered when you were looking at a specific app and you were reading a description and you were going like, what they were thinking when they were writing this description, it doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't give me a clue what the app is about. So now the question is to you as an app marketer, what do you need to tell her or him looking at your app on the screen and wondering if this is the one for me or not? And so today we're going to be talking about the ways how to do marketing copy for your app better. But before we will be diving into this topic, Sandra, please uh, tell our listeners a bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a Canadian living in Berlin, and I actually came here uh, to the city because I was young, and there were actually a lot of opportunities for internationals to work in startups. And five years later, I'm still here, and I work at Blinkist, as you mentioned. And for those who don't know what Blinkist is, it's an app that tries to make people read more books, especially by offering lowdowns of the most popular nonfiction titles. And uh, at Blinkist, as you mentioned, my title is called Pay Content Marketing Lead. Uh, it's very fancy, but what I do is just I make content marketing work for user acquisition. And I do that through channels like Outbrain and Spula. And I think a lot of people might not know what these networks are, but they're basically native advertising platforms, mm-hmm. uh, which buys ad space from every major news website in the world. And what they do is that they sell that ad space to people like us, where we can advertise our own articles. And I guess like you can compare it with Facebook and Instagram, where they give you everyone who is active on social media. If you look at it like that, then Outbrain and Tabula can give you everyone who's reading the news online. So it's a huge network. And my job basically is we use these channels to distribute articles from our magazine, which is actually a sign-up funnel for our app. Uh, So you you will see one of our articles on CNN or BBC, for example, and then you will click on it. And uh, again, like these articles don't don't appear on the main page. They appear underneath the articles under sections like Mm -hmm. you may like or from around the world. And if you click on those ads, you would end up on our magazine. And the magazine article would tell you a lot about our app and then drive you to the app store. And this is a very profitable funnel for us. 
And we've been doing this for almost four years, and it is just as successful as channels like Facebook and Google for us. I see. So you guys are doing uh, kind of similar to what Taboola does, but you know more directly to the apps. You're leading folks directly to the app store. Yeah. So there's a lot of advertisers who work with Outburn and Taboola who would just use them for display ads. So mm-hmm. it would be like as soon as you click on the ad, you will go to the app store. But what we're doing is that we have this extra step in between uh, with our magazine where people would actually read an article before uh, we send them anywhere to sign up. Right. So you're uh, you're giving them a really, you know, good idea what the app is about. Like uh, they're, uh, they're doing more conscious uh, choice when they're uh, going to the app store to get an app. Exactly. Uh, by the way, from what part Canada, Canada are you? I'm from Toronto. Oh, nice. Uh, have you been to Toronto? Yeah, I've been there too a couple times uh, and I miss the place. Oh, it's, a, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah, it is for sure. Okay, so get back to the questions. Let's start with this one. So what starting point would you suggest to app brands and developers when they begin to craft marketing copy for an app? What kind of mindset should they have to be efficient? So I guess my answer to that is I think copywriting should be, it's really not that different to sales. And most people don't really realize that. So I actually did a workshop at APS in Berlin last December just about this. I think, well, let's think of it this way. To produce good copy, I feel like everyone should know the answers to a few questions before they even pick up the pen or if they start typing. And I believe, like, okay, if you're going to write about your app, you should at least know why does your app exist? Uh, who's your target audience? And why should they choose you over the competition? And... I think like the, if you don't know the answers to these questions before you start writing copy, it's like the equivalent of someone going on Dragon's Den and not doing homework and, and like pitching without any context whatsoever. You just you cannot be successful unless you're thinking in a sales mindset. All right, that's that's a great point. It's like writing a book without having any plot. Like uh, what would be? Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that at all? So now let's talk a little bit about psychology. So. When people are looking for an app uh, on the app store, they may consider a number of apps to choose from. So how, how do we help these people to choose a specific app? How do we make a case for them to prefer this app uh, to the others? So I get, actually, I get this question quite a lot. So let's say your app is very generic. And actually, I think this is the case for, it's very evident when you go to a conference and it's just like, oh, what's your app? And then people will say one thing. It's like, oh, I know this app. Isn't it called this? It's like, no, it's called something else. And then you realize that there's actually just, uh, there's so much competition. And I think if this is the case, then content marketing can actually provide a lot of value. So let's take the example of fitness apps. And this is actually something that I I, I just did a search on recently. I was was searching for at-home workouts in the app store. And there's like at least two two dozen options. And most of them, like you said, they have very similar names and descriptions. Maybe I would click on one or two just to check out what they are, but I would not choose an app this way. Uh, And what I would do instead is like, I would probably Google online, like what's a good app for uh, at-home workouts. And uh, I would probably pick the one that has the most approval. And I think this is where content marketing or PR comes in. So the two are practically the same, except if you if you do content marketing for user acquisition purposes, uh, you actually you get your money back through mm-hmm. signups and purchases. But at the same time, you get so much publicity through it 
And I think that's the beauty of advertising content. People actually share it. They remember it better. And before you know it, New York Times, TechCrunch, and The Guardian are all talking about you. Right. So you're saying that you have to give people more context about an app. Like, it's not um, it's not reasonable to assume that people will be grabbing your app right away uh, without considering other apps. And uh, if they have um, more places to read about the app, to get their head around what it does, uh, why it's better. Uh, it's like many things that are just not possible to squeeze into the de description of the app store. Uh, so if you're giving the, all this background, the, like uh, multiple sources for information about the app, you're helping them to make up their mind and actually choose your app, preferring to the others, because you're, uh, you're getting the uh, leg up on your competitors if you're laying out all this uh, information around, right? Yes, exactly. All right. So, by the way, did you get the app you were looking for? Uh, no. In the end, I decided to just go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good old uh, offline te technique, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> uh, 3D uh, suggestion, just go to the gym directly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so... Based on your experience as a content marketer, um, what is the key for a good marketing copy? Can you kind of summarize the idea, uh, just kind of uh, abstracting uh, from any specific app category, or maybe it's not possible. Maybe there is a specific a suggestion for you know, each uh, app category. Uh, yeah, it's really hard to say. Um, I think I, 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 could, I could talk about this topic for hours. But mm -hmm. I think I have one main uh, advice for people who are uh, just writing um, marketing copy. Uh, and that is, I think the key to actually writing marketing copy is to judge it by the numbers instead of how nice it sounds. So in all the companies I've worked for, uh, I feel like we have always placed too much value in, in just getting approval from colleagues when it comes to copy. Um, so, for example, if we wanted to come up with like a like a headline uh somewhere um it's like okay let's let's get 20 people's opinion on this and then it takes forever to decide um and then everyone will have some sort of like a uh, really nice justification it's like oh i think this is better because uh of some like i don't know some uh, personal interest or or whatever it's just like okay that's really nice but in the end you want something that actually performs so i think instead of instead of getting everyone's opinion on a piece of copy and then taking forever to launch it I think what we should just do is just test faster, launch it faster, test it faster. If it doesn't perform, then you retire it and then you come up with something better. And hopefully like you're, you're able to, you receive enough signals on what you should work on um, mm -hmm. so that you know, you know what to try next. But um, I think, I think the numbers in the end is what matters, not so much whether or not your colleague likes what you're uh, publishing. I mean, obviously you want to be on brand, but mm -hmm. um, as long as it's on brand, then I would just say like test as fast as you can instead of getting everyone's opinion on it. Can you think of any like of generic guidelines in terms of the length of the marketing copy, like, you know, five, six paragraphs, you know, split it in four or five lines, and, you know, using bullet points, like, is it, a, is it still a good idea to quote some, uh, you know, publications that covered your app previously, like, you know, 
a quote mm -hmm. from TechCrunch or something, is it still working? Well, so if you're just talking about articles, I think, um, well, so there, you mentioned quite a lot of things, uh, like mm -hmm. are bullet points useful or um, it, does it have to be short? I think, or you, I think that's pretty much what you're asking is like, should it be five paragraphs or eight paragraphs? Um, a lot of that um, is, it's good to know, but it's not what actually converts in the end. So I think these are just like nice to have, like um, maybe you want to uh, introduce visuals or uh, or keep things short. But I think um, what's the most important is to keep in mind that uh, people don't have a very long attention span nowadays. Um, and that means you need to put everything that's important in the first third of the article. Um, so if you're trying to sell a product, then don't spend half the article talking about something else and then uh, like plugging in your sales pitch at the end because people will have given up by then. Uh, so just uh, be as straightforward as possible uh, and put everything that's important for people to know in the first third and then um, nice to know in the rest of the article. I see. Good. Thanks. That's, this is a good advice. And uh, remember that people on, these, uh, on their smartphones, they will see screenshots first and the description is like the second uh, thing that they see uh, when they're uh, scrolling through the uh, app marketing copy for your app. So you do have to deliver your like the major points. Uh, the the reason why this app exists in, in the the first uh, third part of your uh, description that's that's right on spot uh, suggestion. So now I have a few questions for you. Um, this is just a rapid fire questions. Um, so are you iOS or Android person? Um, I am an Android person. Uh, I've been using my Samsung phone for close to three years now and actually still works as well as it did on day one. Um, I, I think it's more just like, I don't like, re I don't like replacing my phone every year. <laughs> uh, I'd rather go with something that actually would last for a while, but uh, they don't make phones like that anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it's totally fine not to replace them every year. It's uh, it's a matter of choice and preference. So, uh, by the way, uh, do you still remember what was your first mobile phone? Um, my first mobile phone was, uh, I don't even know, if, it's not even anything that anyone would know, but it was an LG phone. Uh, it was a flip phone as well uh -huh. uh, that I got in 2004. Um, and it came out around the same time as the Motorola Razors. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, and actually, I think those were those phones were so cool. Uh, I, they actually look like it was like something out of science fiction to a teenager at the time. Um, but I, I for some reason, I was just like, okay, like maybe we, maybe we, I can get that phone, but I'll get something that's also a flip phone that's pink. Um, so I opted for. The second best option. Right. So if, if you ever watched Matrix, you remember that Nell was holding the uh, razor from Motorola really? like, throughout, yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, that that was wow, the, okay. like the best uh, um, best advertising you can think of back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. So um, I wonder what smartphone he would be holding these days. <laughs> it's hard to say. Which one Maybe would be <laughs> probably an iPhone 12 or 20 or 30 or something. Um, so um, well, what is your favorite app and why? 
Um, so I know I work in the app industry, but I actually try not to be on my phone too much. Um, I actually have this rule where as soon as I go home, I just try to turn off my phone and no one can reach me. And then I can spend quality time with uh, my family and all. Uh, but I do have an app that I use a lot of, uh, and that's Splitwise. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that is because I've always hated talking about money with people. Um, and it's just like, it's such an awkward topic. And I find with Splitwise, like it just, it makes everything not so much of a taboo anymore. Um, so I do appreciate this app. I wouldn't say it's my favorite one, but it's, um, it's a good one. <laughs> You just give people a perfect suggestion not to spend too much on their smartphones. Uh, and um, yeah, it's kind of hard to do, but you still have to remember that uh, there's a family, there are friends around you, there are people who need your attention. And yeah, smartphone should be the, just the tool to help in this communication with other people, not replacing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, what? Can you think of the app that is mostly overrated? Kind of uh, a lot of hype about this app, but actually it doesn't deserve it. Um, well, I have a very controversial controversial answer for you. Um, so Which I is... don't <laughs> I don't use Instagram, and actually most of my friends just don't understand why. And I, I live very far away from home, and they're just like, "We have no idea what's going on with you. Are you still alive?" Um, oh my god. Yeah, well, but like nowadays, like people don't use Facebook anymore, and they're just like, I stay in touch with my, I stay in touch with my friends on Instagram. Why don't you get Instagram? But I think for me, um, I, I agree. Like I think it's a really great way to keep up with your friends and to know what's going going on in their lives. But I think it's also really terrible for young people who are just developing their self esteem. Um, I feel like it makes makes them pursue this perception of this perfect life instead of actually being true to themselves. Uh, I guess like this is also why I didn't get Instagram uh, to begin with, which is also like I'm just normally like too lazy to be posting something every single day. Um, and but yeah, like I think to me, just like I I actually am happier with my life, not knowing how uh, glamorous everyone else's life is. Um, and actually, I think I'm, I'm really curious about how uh, this is going to affect the next generation of young people growing up. Because it's like a Black Mirror episode to me. Yeah, this is precisely that. We're actually completely on the same page. It's not a controversial point for me because the, you know, Instagram used to be an app to share the, you know, great moments in your life. Uh, but it wasn't like something that you were supposed to be doing like all the time. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't, you know, obligatory uh, thing to follow because everybody else do. It's um, just, uh, you know, it, it, it is grown out of proportion, you know, on so many levels. And um, I'm, I'm kind of, a, it's hard to, for me to wrap up my head around about, you know, the this trend of, uh, you know, keeping in touch on Instagram. Well, you can still keep it in touch using the, I don't know, uh, instant messaging uh, or just, you know, calling people, uh, you know, just... Um, it's it's like TikTok is kind of replacing for uh, younger generation Instagram uh, at least in China. We'll see. Like India is uh, you know is really big on uh, TikTok these days, um, and um, the jury's out how what the influence will be. Uh, and yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I'm not sure what the influence of Instagram will be in the next generation because. Um, 
as much as we would like to, you know, control in what age kids are getting their smartphones, uh, and it should be at least um, 15, 13 years, uh, mm. which is too low as well, but at least 13. But how can you really control the thing um, if you're not, if you're not controlling um, a teenager um, in other uh, regards? Anyway, it's yeah. kind of, it's, 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 it's kind of sad point. Uh, so, and now, um, can you think of new technologies that are you're most excited about? Um, well, so uh, I'm actually most excited about how apps are being used in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I say classroom, I mean like it could be like um, a high school classroom or a university classroom. But I think in general, uh, the education industry can use a lot of in- innovation. And especially when it comes to like teaching more relevant materials and also how they evaluate success and maybe like paying more attention to um, each student rather than just teaching a class of 200 exact same material. Um, And I'm not sure if you've heard of Khan Academy. Mm, No, it doesn't ring a bell for me. Uh, I think it's I just I saw this. I saw, I saw this interview with the founder once, um, it was probably even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I just, it really resonated with me, but basically, uh, it started by this guy who, uh, was just teaching his niece, um, or maybe cousin, uh, but like, it was a family member who, uh, who couldn't guess certain math problems. Mm-hmm. And he started doing a lot of tutorials for her. Uh, and then he was lo- uploading these videos onto YouTube and then, um, they, these these videos became so popular that actually Bill Gates uh, started looking mm. at them, and he was just like, "Wait, I've created these for my my teenage uh, relative, not for Bill Gates." And then he started reviewing all of this, and then there was actually like something to it. So he actually grew this um, uh, up as a, as a as a product. So you can learn about so many different uh, subjects with Khan Academy. And um, now it's like actually used in classrooms quite a lot where um, I guess in classrooms where people could afford to have iPads for every student, uh, where they will all be learning about the same topic, but at different levels. So like there's, there are always going to be some kids who will learn things much faster than others. That's okay. They don't have to, um, they don't have to wait for everyone else to catch up and like vice versa for those kids who need a little bit more time to understand certain topics. Uh, they can take that time instead of moving the whole class as one. Um, and in this sense, like actually, I feel I feel like kids are actually learning these topics um, instead of just uh, trying to uh, draw down as no- many notes as possible, which might not make sense to them. Uh, and then not really fully getting the topic, but uh, as long as they pass the exams, are th- this will be okay. I think I think uh, this model of educating young people doesn't work anymore. And I'm hoping that um, apps like Khan Academy can actually uh, introduce the innovation that we really need uh, in education. Oh, yeah, I do hear you. I have a teenage daughter and uh, education is something that, you know, is on my mind uh, for quite a big way because the, the education system is kind of overdue for disruption and uh, improving uh, because it uh, it doesn't work as it as it's as it stands now so I do I do appreciate uh, this new um, 
technologies like you were just describing. It reminds me of great courses uh, ah. uh, that that is really fantastic. You know, you can read, you can listen and watch uh, from people who are really uh, professionals in their uh, respected areas. Uh, you know, physics, biology, um, art, um, math, anything, but basically. So, I hopefully it's going to be a really good uh, way, and it is a good way for uh, younger uh, generation to get the knowledge they need to live their lives uh, and uh, be, you know, really grounded and um, um, just um, get a nice job. And um, so, and before I let you go, uh, could you please uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you and get more information? Sure. Um, so you can follow me on LinkedIn or even just add me. Um, just search for Sandra Wu from Blinkist. Uh, and I'm also actually putting together an online course that will be online, specifically online copywriting course that will be released soon. And if you want to sign up for that, just go to bit.ly slash writing hat. So that's B I T dot L Y slash, uh, writing W R I T I N G and then hat H A T without any spaces or dashes. All right. We're going to put this link into the show notes so people can check this out. Uh, thanks a lot for your time to um, be on the podcast. Um, thanks a lot, Sandra. Thank you, Art. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Sandra Wu, paid content marketing lead and Blinkist. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave a review or a comment. It is highly appreciated. And all these episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time, bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.